Welcome to Keystone Education Radio, the podcast for all things focused on education in Pennsylvania. Now here's your host, Annette Stevenson. You've likely heard the adage, today's students are tomorrow's leaders. But what's possible when students are allowed and better yet encouraged to speak up, establish their public voice, and potentially have an impact on their school community, their local community, and beyond? That's exactly what's happening in the Pittsburgh Public School District. This initiative began when Superintendent Dr. Anthony Hamlet unveiled his 2017 to 2022 strategic plan, Expect Great Things. It's a five-year roadmap focused on transforming the Pittsburgh Public School District into a student-centered culture. This plan provides a consistent stream of student input to local leadership. Since the inception of the initiative, the partnership between students and leadership has expanded to the school board, city council, county executive office, and state legislature. Here with us today for this episode, we have three guests that are going to join us to talk about student voice in the school districts. First, we have Asia Mason. She is the project manager of Student Voice with the Pittsburgh Public School District. Welcome, Asia. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Also with us on this episode, very appropriate to the topic, we have two students who are going to explain their roles in their schools and in their district. Prishti Tiagi, 10th grader at Pittsburgh Science and Technology Academy. Prishti Tiagi is a sophomore attending Pittsburgh Science and Technology Academy, where she's in the body and behavior concentration. She is currently in Stand Together, USO Swimming, Girls of Steel, and the Superintendent's Student Advisory Council. Her love of leadership and making a difference led her to the council. She hopes to attend Stanford University majoring in neuroscience and minoring in psychology. Welcome, Prishti. Thank you. Also here with us, Sam Bisno, 12th grader at Pittsburgh, Barack Obama Academy of International Studies, 6 through 12. Last year, as a member of the PPS Youth Participatory Budget Council, he helped draft a proposal for City Council that aimed to address growing gentrification in Pittsburgh by investing in community land trusts. This year, he's looking forward to taking a more school-oriented approach to bettering his city through his work on the Superintendent's Student Advisory Council. Sam is the editor-in-chief of his school newspaper and, in April 2019, was elected Youth Governor of Pennsylvania. He hopes to study history at a liberal arts university after graduating. Welcome, Sam. Thanks for joining us. So happy to be here. And so, Asia, I wanted to start by just uh, hearing a little bit about what your role entails. So you're project manager of Student Voice for the Pittsburgh Public School District. Tell us a little bit about what that means. Sure. So that means ensuring that our, our district essentially stays student-focused when it comes to various decision-making processes. So out of the district office, um, I manage the Superintendent Student Advisory Council, the Pittsburgh Public School Students and Government Council, and all other student leadership slash student voice initiatives. And while that can be very broad at times, it's critical to ensure that the work aligns to our superintendent's strategic plan. So there was a five-year strategic plan that was created under Dr. Hamlet's leadership. So it's again ensuring that student voice is present in the various components, that student leaders are are serving on those various team themes, and that the work of the superintendent student advisory council really provides a liaison between high school student leaders and the superintendent. 
So it's really shifting a culture from completely adult-driven decision-making to having that consistent student input and channels for student feedback on, you know, district performance in all areas. Okay. And so now Pittsburgh Public School Students and Government Council, can you give us a brief overview of what that is? Sure. So the Pittsburgh Public School Student and Government Council is an extension of what's called the Youth Participatory Budget Council, which was established by Councilman Corey O'Connor's office and adopted into the district in 2018. So when we're looking at branches of government and where students have that access to advocacy. Initially, it was with city council's budget, but now we are opening opportunities by building partnerships with the various stakeholders at the school board, city council, our county executive's office, as well as our state legislators. But I'll absolutely provide this space and opportunity for Sam to share more about that council since he served on it. He's in his second term. Oh, great. Yeah, I mean... uh like Ms. Mason said, um, yeah, this council was uh, initially started by um, City Councilman Corey O'Connor, and we've sort of adopted it at PPS. So I was thrilled to be part of the first group of PPS students to be part of the council last year. And as we sort of broadened our focus from being just about a proposal to City Council to being more general advocacy in all aspects of local politics, I'm, I'm excited to be serving on sort of reincarnation, which is the Students and Government Council this year. So the Youth Participatory Budget Council was established in 2017 by Councilman Corey O'Connor, as you mentioned, and began in 2018 at PPS. What are a few of the important messages that students have communicated with uh, the district, city, and state leadership since the organization was adopted? So I think there are a couple ways to look at that. You know, last year our proposal to city council Um, was really focused around combating gentrification in the city of Pittsburgh. That's an issue that we as students felt um, was really urgent um, and needed to be addressed in in new ways. Um, And so our proposal was aimed around that. And in that way, we really wanted to communicate to city council that we feel that's an issue that needs to be addressed immediately. But more generally, I think what we've tried to do as students uh, on both versions of the council is just communicate to our elected officials that we matter, that our voices need to be heard, and that uh, the policy decisions they make affect us just as they do, just as much as they do the people that voted for them, and so we should have a seat at the table too. Okay. As a student in the school, how have you been able to get your peers interested, or have you been able to get your peers interested in the impact that they can make on the on the local government? Has that been kind of an easy conversation to have with your peers, or not? Yeah, I mean, I think increasingly students are aware of the issues they're facing in their community and how they can get involved. I'm really fortunate to be a member of the Youth in Government program, which is a program run uh, through PPS specifically at Obama, um, which is sort of a a model government program. And so a lot of the people I interact with on a day-to-day basis are already familiar with the legislative process. And so that's sort of an easy conversation. Um, But I think the general message is, you know, we can't wait around anymore. When we look at issues like climate change, you know, these are immediate things that need to be solved. Uh, And so waiting until we're into the adult world till we've graduated college, it it just won't work. We need to be working on these issues right now, and I think students feel that, whether it's with gun violence we see in our communities or climate change or any number of issues. There's a real passion and drive among us students to get involved as early as we can. 
So that sort of encapsulates the importance for students to have a voice in the actions of city and state leadership, local government, is to get ahead of some of those issues that you're going to be facing as adults. Do you think that that kind of covers it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and also, like I said earlier, right, like we are impacted just as much by those decisions as any adults. You know, I take public transportation, I drive on public roads, I go to public schools. So public decision making is, is crucial to our existence as students. And so um, I think that's, that's really why it's important for us to have our own voice, our own distinct voice from adults. And do you think most students are thinking along those lines you know, as they're still in high school, have you found that to be the case that, that your your peers, your fellow students are, are already kind of aware and thinking of those issues and, and how to get involved? Or has it been more of like once they find out that there's a way to get involved, then they're willing? Um, I think it's a mixture of both. I, I've never met anyone who's not passionate about some issue in their community who who doesn't have something that they'd like to change about the world around them. And so that's the easy part. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, more difficult part is actually giving them the means to do that. And so that's why I think this council and other councils like it are so important. And I found that once students learn about opportunities like this, they jump to apply because um, they really do want to to affect change. Okay. Aisha, I'm going to direct this question to you, but perhaps it's one that can also be addressed uh, by the students. both PPS students and government council and the student advisory council include students from different schools across the district, um, and that includes students from private, parochial, and charter schools. How has this interaction and communication fostered a more connected district, do you think? Sure. So I, I know certainly at the district level, the conversations around um, school entities, so public school, charter school, parochial school, private school it's all very disconnected however all of our students they all live in the same communities in the same city and so oftentimes we see even in the communities while they may have you know friends that attend the various schools those relationships can tend to be disconnected as well um so as as sam spoke earlier you know as youth who operate, you know, in the city and are directly impacted by the decisions that are being made, there is a passion there. And the students tend to come together around, you know, the the common issues or the things that they would like to see change in their communities. And so when we're talking about operating in silos, especially with something as powerful as youth voice, um, it doesn't always make sense. (laughs) So when we're bringing students together, it creates an opportunity that doesn't organically happen in the city. It provides them with a platform to really have that dialogue with their peers in a way of, you know, just because you may go to a private school, you're not exempt from some of the issues that, you know, we're impacted by. And there can be a stigma around public schools and students who attend public schools from those that may have the opportunity to attend private charter and parochial schools. And this platform has really provided an opportunity to even showcase the amazing talent that we have in public schools and um, just the opportunities that we are providing our students. So you don't have to fall in a certain income bracket or have opportunities provided in the household for you to interact with and network with state legislators and their staff. 
it, it's an equitable opportunity for all students. And so the fact that we can invite students into our district and expose them to this level you know, of interaction with their peers and their stakeholders, it, it has really been amazing to see everyone come together. Yeah, and, and from the student perspective, what's that been like for you guys as far as working with students from other schools and other school types? I mean, I think that it's, it's unique because it's like Ms. Mason said, it's not often that uh, I interact with students from private schools, but it's important that I do, especially when we're talking about youth voice, because diverse backgrounds means diverse experiences and diverse opinions about how we should move forward as a society. And so we couldn't possibly wholly reflect student voice unless we did include voices from people that you know, have had different upbringings than a lot of our students here at PPS. And so what I found is that I hear a lot of new ideas from kids from private and, and charter and parochial schools that maybe just hadn't occurred to me as a student at public schools. Mm-hmm. Great. So the Student Advisory Council is relatively new, uh, established during the 2018-2019 school year. What was the motivation to form this group? So I'm just reflecting on um, Dr. Hamlet's leadership that I, I spoke to earlier. He was instrumental in ensuring that there was a creation of a district student advisory council and that students had direct access to him and his executive leadership. He came into the district you know, with, with the understanding of the power of student voice when they were looking for a, a new superintendent for our district. The consulting form that was hired and the board members you know, had the opportunity to speak with students and connect them to the various candidates. And so Dr. Hamlet really started fostering the relationship with students and hearing their insight um, and their feedback regarding the current state or excuse me, the previous state of the district as he transitioned in. As he came in shortly after he was sworn in, um, he created the position of project manager for student voice and was very intentional and deliberate with not just the design of the role that I, I currently hold, but also the role of the students and where they fit in in our district beyond coming for their educational studies. Mm-hmm. So what has the organization's biggest accomplishment been during this time, do you think? I feel like since it's just started last year, we're more of building the foundation for others to build off of and make bigger decisions in the community and in the district. Um, But so far, some small things that we've done is that this is more so in individual schools that we've started um, holding taste testings to improve the school lunches. And that's been pretty successful over the past two years. We're also increasing representation in the district level. And going back to the other question that students are being introduced to students from other schools, other private schools, and are being introduced to new viewpoints. And it helps them take in viewpoints that they've never considered before. And that has really helped in our council. So it's sort of, you mentioned the taste testing, and so it's sort of giving students that opportunity to have kind of a say-so or input. Where there's input, then at least the students can feel like there's some buy-in, right, in the outcome. So less grumbling because they've had some input, right? Yes. Yeah, definitely. So what are the objectives of the PPS Student Advisory Council? What are some of the objectives coming up as this is a relatively new group? 
So uh, ensuring that, again, there's student leadership present in all aspects of our district. So that's really building a partnership with all of the central office departments and entering their work as a resource as well. So for, for example, the first year the students designed a, a student input survey and they distributed it to all of their, their peers in the various high schools across the district. And across the district, and one of the priorities um, that their peers had designated for the, the workload of the council is student input on school scheduling. So that priority, you know, was designed, students were essentially saying, you know, we aren't aware of our requirements for graduation until senior year and we're taking courses that we, you know, we didn't know we needed. And if we did know, um, we would have taken them earlier to have that free period or the opportunity for early work release really ensuring that they're getting courses and electives that of their choice. Um, so not trying to fill empty spaces or the counselor not trying to fill empty spaces or the school, um, the students really have that input in their schedules. So from the initial year, um, the students worked with the assistant superintendent for student support services and our director of guidance to transform the district-wide scheduling process for high school students. Um, to provide more uniformity based off of best practices that happened in some of our, our schools um, and to really have the conversations around equitable course offerings in the district. Um, but this year, that partnership has expanded beyond just the conversation around scheduling and relationship with guidance counselors. Students are sitting on our district-wide PBIS core team and working with um, not only staff of the student services department, but principals from other schools um, and our learning environment specialists to ensure that, again, the, the systems and the initiatives that are being rolled out from the district level have that student input from the, the top of the leadership chain to the schools and the students that are directly impacted. So that, that's just an example of you know, the work and how it continues to unfold, especially when we're talking about sustainability for years to come. That foundational work has, has been completed, um, but now students are really, and even central office staff are taking it to the next level with ensuring that student voice is driving um, best practices as well as professional development. Okay, so Prishti, from student perspective, why is it important to you to have a voice in your school's leadership? Because I feel like when students turn into adults, they feel like they're, for example, with voting, they typically feel like their vote doesn't really matter, and it doesn't really matter who they vote for because the majority of people say one person, then why should they vote for another if it's not likely that they're going to win. And if we start changing that in school while they're teenagers, I feel like that can continue on to adulthood. Because if we represent more students in the district level and we start there, then that can make the students feel more represented overall in our country. And that can transfer into being an adult and making your own decisions. Mm -hmm. So, Asia, what age groups are represented in these organizations? How young of a representation do you have? Sure. So, in the Superintendent Student Advisory Council, students are able to serve on the council beginning sophomore year mm -hmm. up until their senior year to ensure that they truly have a, a year's worth of experience of their school and how it operates, even in our 6 to 12 
schools, once you transition into the high school part of the building, it can be very different. Mm -hmm. um, the, the PPS students in government council, that council actually is open for students ages 13 through 17. So the engagement of younger students, it happens primarily in the students in government council, our students on the superintendent student advisory council, they're preparing to, you know, as they're getting established in their leadership positions, they're going to start mentoring um, some middle school students. So we're actually exploring a model where the, the middle school students that are being mentored by our student leaders have a natural progression into actually serving as a student leader, you know, when they get older um, on the council. Mm, okay. So you're sort of growing them up to reach that point where they can come into that role without it being just freshly brand new. Yes. Great. So what advice would you give to other school districts that might be looking to establish a youth voice program or group? Go for it. <laughs> There's always a way to create an opportunity for student voice. So it, it, it's easier to come up with reasons not to, as to, you know, students may not understand our process or it's too political or okay. they're just not ready yet. And I believe that, you know, through almost three years in this role, students have continued to show that, you know, they're ready, they're hungry for these opportunities. And their feedback and their strategies, especially when they are a part of the change, that's where meaningful change happens in education, when we're truly stepping back to serve our main constituents and ensure that you know, the feedback is provided directly by them. The only other thing I, I also would say in regards to that is do something more meaningful than allowing students to you know, plan an event or create an art project. That, that is an excellent example of youth voice and advocacy, but that limits their potential, mm -hmm. um, especially when it comes to school and district transformation. Mm -hmm. Where can listeners go to learn more about the Pittsburgh Public School Students and Government Council and the PPS Student Advisory Council? So we are very active on social media. Um, so you can check out us out on Facebook and Twitter um, at PPS Student Voice. Uh, I believe our, our Twitter handle is at Student Voice PPS. So it's a little backwards, mm -hmm. um, but that's where you can get regular updates, see pictures, student quotes, um, the amazing things that are happening in the district. And then to, just to learn more about the Council's so high-level overview is always available on our website, which is www.pghschools.org backslash student voice. Okay, great. Thank you all for being with us on this episode and informing us. I know we've just scratched the surface of the topic, but thank you for sharing all of your insights. Thank you so much for having us. Of course. Thank you. Thanks. Keystone Education Radio is a production of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. This episode is brought to you in part by Quest Tech Inc. and Siemens Industry Incorporated. Be sure to visit our website at keyedradio.org for more information on today's discussion and for past episodes covering a wide range of education topics. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you never miss a show. If you find our content valuable, please rate and review or share the show with friends and colleagues. You can find more information on Keystone Education Radio on Twitter or follow the Pennsylvania School Boards Association on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. 
This is Annette Stevenson saying thank you for listening to Keystone Education Radio. The views and opinions expressed on the Keystone Education Radio podcast are solely the views and opinions of our guests and do not reflect the views and opinions of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Thank you.